This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 981 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Dressage Radio Show. Show co-hosts Reese Kofler-Stanfield and Philip Parks talk about the role of bit placement and connection. And then at the end, I'll toss in my two cents as well. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn here back with you, and I have Debbie with Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections product of the week. Hi, Glenn. This week, I want to remind everybody in horses is familiar with joint supplements for their horses. Um, but I am going to tell you about a product that we sell that is actually for people. It is the Cosamin ASU supplement. And the reason I feel so comfortable uh, talking about this is I use it, and I had some pretty major reasons to use it lately. And I have also recommended it to two other friends who have used it, and they love it. And it was referred to me by my vet whose husband uses it. So I feel real comfortable that this is a joint supplement over and above any of the -the over-the-counter glucosamines that you can buy at your grocery store. This also has MSM in it, which horse people are familiar with, which not all the joint supplements in the world have that. Uh, It's a little bit expensive, but I'm telling you, it works so well that I feel like it's worth the extra money for this Cosamin ASU supplement. It's made by the same folks you get Cosaquin from, only this one is for humans. So take a look at that at www.equestriancollections.com. And I can tell you that my wife uses it. She has worn a knee brace for 20 years. She started using Cosamin ASU about two years ago after trying many, many others, and no knee brace anymore, and she religiously takes one every day. This is the fourth, then, recommendation that I've had from people who actually need it. And you don't have to just take one. Uh, there's a buildup. You can take two in the morning and two at night if you really need it, and then, and then uh, ratchet it down a bit. Um, it's absolutely the best thing and that, that I have found for joint, uh, for joint pain in humans. All right, very good. You can find that at equestriancollections.com. Just search for Cosamin, C-O-S-A-M-I-N-A-S-U. You'll find that uh, uh, just by doing the search. So Philip and I now are going to answer a listener question. So take it away, Philip. Okay, well, we got this email. It's a little bit of a long email, so I won't won't read uh, read the entire thing, but hopefully I can get to the pertinent points here. Um, as a dressage rider, I really love the teaching of horsemen like Ray Hunt, Tom Dorrance, and Buck Brenneman. I find their peaceful training techniques completely aligned with the partnership in dressage. I often apply both concepts in my training, which works out really well. However, there is one point of debate for which I'd like to seek your thoughts. It is in regard to bit placement in the horse's mouth. Um, in my dressage training, I have often been instructed the bit adjustment on the head stall sh- cheek pieces should create one to two wrinkles in the corners of the horse's mouth. 
I have never been given a reason, just merely instruction. However, in reading Ray, Tom, and Buck's, Buck's books, I have encountered the idea to drop the bit to relieve the pressure on the corners of the horse's mouth so that it sits gently in the corners, not creating any wrinkles, but also not so low as to hit the teeth. The logic for this is, is that the one-to-two wrinkle theory would create a constant pressure for the horse that he should would eventually have to ignore and tune out. Um, ultimately, the rider would have to create even more pressure on the reins and would to be any defeat any and sensitization and connection development. There's there's lots more, but I, I think people get the idea where we're at here with one and two one to two wrinkles. Create you know does create a little pressure on the, on the horse's mouth, and also when we're riding dressage, you you should create a connection in which there will be some pressure on the on the bars of the mouth continuously. You know that's that's the idea of of connection, but to to answer this question most simply is that I adjust the, the bit in the horse's mouth so he can't get the tongue over it, more or less, right? You know, yeah. if the bit's too low, the horse can can you know at times just pop the tongue over, and that can be very painful for the horse. So, I I mean, uh, most simply, you know, I'm adjusting the bit so so that can't happen, right? Sure. And um, you know, that's about it for me. What like like Reese, let talk a little to us a little bit about connection and how. You know how we like the horse to take a little pressure in the mouth, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, connection is, is a big is a big thing. You know, it's it's actually part of the scale of training. So, um, you know, typically as you are teaching a horse in dressage, uh, and interestingly enough, I, I just purchased a horse this week. I bought a new horse, um, and he's a cute little guy, but he he's been a jumper. So he doesn't really understand the idea that he has to keep his hind legs moving. And eventually the energy ends up in my hand. You know, he wants to back off the bit, uh, which is typical for a jumper. He probably had a pretty strong bit in his mouth, so he wants to not really grab a hold. Um, And I tell my students, it's like, basically, let's hold hands. You know, I don't want to hold hands that you're ripping my arm off, and I don't want to hold hands that... um, Like, if you feel like you're shaking your grandma's hand where you don't actually grab any any connection. So there is a happy place that you always want to have with the horse and the rider. And the happy place starts actually in the hind legs. Anytime you feel something up front, typically there's an issue behind. Um, and that's really what we're talking about here is, is that is that when you engage the horse and when you ask them to go forward, um, you need to feel them actually take a little bit of hold of the bit. Uh, some horses obviously take way too much of a hold of the bit, which is uncomfortable for everybody. Um, and that's not what we want. But some horses don't take enough of that hold. So it's your, as the rider of a dressage horse, you have to create that connection between the horse's hind leg, your seat, leg and hand, and the bit. And we talk a lot about pushing the horse up to the bit. And that's the idea, is that the horse needs to accept the pressure. Obviously, you want to have a nice, soft connection starting. uh, Connection really starts at your shoulder and then goes to your elbow, wrist to the bit. Um, you want to have a, a connection that's comfortable for your, yourself and for the horse. So that's a little bit about it. So the bit placement is important um, that it's not too high. Obviously, if it's too high, I don't know if you've ever put a piece of metal into your mouth and pushed it up against your, your lips. It, it can be painful. Uh, so obviously, we don't want that. And like Philip said, we don't want the bit too low in the horse's mouth because then they can get the tongue over, over the top of it. Um, and if you've ever had that happen, that's never fun. It happens mostly in double bridles, can happen in a single snaffle. Um, but uh, sometimes you can change, uh, for example, especially in a double with a curb bit, you can adjust the curb bit a little higher, a little lower, depending on the horse. I've had some that 
prefer it lower in their mouth versus higher. Um, but it, it really is an issue. Um, and then, you know, we can go all into um, types of bits and pressure. It's, it's, a, it's huge science. Um, and a lot of times, and I, I don't know about you, Philip, but I have a huge bit box because I like people to be able to try sort of what's out there and what are some options for their horse. Yeah, and, I mean, every, every horse has, a, has a, you know, a different bit that they kind of prefer. And we try and sure. find something that makes, that makes the, horse, the horse happy and comfortable. And exactly. and not and not backed off of the bit, right? You're not loose right. in your hands and not and not curling up with his nose towards his chest. So yeah, you want that horse you wanna feel as you're trotting around that or cantering or, or less in the walk. You don't really get a great strong connection in the walk. But you wanna feel them pull you around the ring a little bit. I yeah. think dressage is a little bit different, you know, we're talking about the sensitization I have a hard time with that word. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Certain words I can't say, but um, with sensitivity of the horse's mouth, like Dressage is different than some of the other disciplines where the bit is used to stop. Our, our goal is never to, never to pull back on the hands to stop the horse. So the horse doesn't have to be sensitive to the bit to, to stop or to turn or anything. You know, every, all that comes from seat and leg pushing this way and that way and to stop you know, from, from pressure in the saddle and not from the hands. So I don't need a super sensitive horse that's going to stop or turn quickly when I do something with a bit, I just want a nice steady pressure, keep riding that horse to that pressure. That's what creates the round neck and the round back pushing towards that pressure and taking that and accepting it. And then, you know, I can, I can do tons of other things to, to, to turn or to, to, uh, to, you know, to put the brakes on if, if you need to. So uh, you don't want the horse so sensitive that as soon as you just have a little tiny pressure on the mouth that they stop or start going backwards. That's, Never train a horse like that. That's that's completely incorrect. So, um, hopefully, that kind of idea helps helps uh, with this listener question. That you know that um, yes, the horse does, does isn't as sensitive to the mouth in dressage as, as I've seen them in in uh, in some of the um, Western riding and and the um, and the reining classes. Right? I mean, when they touch it, I mean the horse really reacts and, and and that's a little bit different thing but but we're riding for connection and and the horse to be comfortable with taking a little bit of a hold Does that sound about about right there Reese yeah no I love it um and you know uh, it's it's constantly something you're working on you know you, you know eventually when you have a, a grumpy horse or an upper level horse that understands that feeling um you can sort of pick up the reins and say okay this is this is what I want but as you're developing horses through the levels um you know, that's what you're working on is that connection. Yeah, so. sometimes you want a little bit more, sometimes mm-hmm. you want a little bit less, you know, they're always, that's something you're always looking at and saying, okay, how much, how much pressure do you have on your hand now? You know, how much now? Right. And, and, and this movement needs, you know, a little more go and a little bit more pressure. I mean, obviously in the extended gates, you know, that, that the horses can take quite a strong hold in that. I mean, it's not always ideal, but that's just something that happens and you develop in your training. And it's not, not necessarily something to worry about when, when the horse, you know, uh, when you ask for extended trot and the horse takes a hold of bit a little bit and, and you get pulled along, that can happen. So you're constantly developing it, changing the balance, working on con- contact is such a huge thing. We could talk mm-hmm. about it for weeks. So, yeah. um, you know, it's great that we get questions about it and about, you know, bit placement, saddle stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, great stuff, great feedback from our from our yes, listeners for us to, to have talk, topics to talk about and, and things to uh, bring on the show. Exactly. 
Uh, and please keep our listener emails and Facebook shout outs. We really try to answer them online um, or on air. And um, if we can't answer them, Philip and I ourselves, we will find somebody that can. So thanks for, thanks for writing in. Well, there you go. And my two cents. For the most part, you see curb bits or a bit with a lever action is going to be fitted with no wrinkle. And snaffle bits will be fitted with a variation of one or two wrinkles. Even with a double bridle, the snaffle creates the wrinkle, not the curb. In the Western tradition, the bridle is used very different than in the English tradition, seeing as how the cowboy had his hands busy on a lasso or the like. So things evolved very differently from that in the dressage tradition, where an elastic connection in the reins is an essential part of the aids. Regardless of the tradition, snaffle or curb, two wrinkles or none, the horse needs to feel comfortable and confident with the bit fit. Cuts or abrasions on the mouth always mean there is something wrong with the fit, the placement, or the skill of the hands at the other end of the reins, and most of the time, it's a combination therein. So I hope that helped out. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.